after a good couple of kilometres of solid uphill driving, we call it a day and stop at this idyllic bush camp. What do you think? Do you want kids? Are you going to adopt a couple cats and call it a day? Are you adopted and was it like the best thing ever? Let me know. Yeah, so thanks very much. I think that's a wrap. We'll call it a night. We'll be back in the morning for some more shooting. Brilliant. Cool, mate. G'day, guys, and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn... You've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day, you mob. Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. I'm your host, Pete, and this is another expression episode where I'll be teaching you an expression, going through the words, how to use this expression, some pronunciation tips and tricks and exercises, and then also an Aussie fact at the end. So, before we get into that though, guys, uh, how have you been? How's your week going? It seems like things are getting better and better here in Victoria. I think the, well, in relation to COVID, I should say, they're getting better and better in relation to COVID. I think today I saw on the news that we are down to an average, a rolling average, fortnightly average of five cases in Melbourne, in the CBD there. Well, in, in the suburban Melbourne as well, where they have different rules, whereas in regional Victoria, I think we're below one. So, we're doing pretty well and hopefully that means that Dan Andrews is going to uh, get on the news soon, not today, but hopefully in the next week or two and lower restrictions again. So, for all you guys living in Melbourne, you know, I I feel your pain. I share your angst. I've got a lot of friends and family up there who are They've been locked down for months and months and months and haven't really been able to get out and about and it's having an effect on their, you know, mental health, really. I wonder what sort of an effect it's going to have on mental health, all these lockdowns and just being restricted with how many people you can see and how far you can go from your house and having to wear a mask all the time, you know, mandatorily. Um, it's difficult, but hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel and things are only going to get better from here on out. So, yeah. Um, besides that, what have I been up to this week? Hanging out with Noah and Kel as much as possible. I'm still sort of working on training my team up. I've got, obviously, Praveen and Amit, who are the IT side behind uh, Aussie English. They're working hard on the app and the website. And then I've got Kate and Francis, who are working on delivering the content and editing the content, the videos and the podcasts, to deliver to you guys. And I'm slowly outsourcing or um, delegating more and more tasks to these guys. So, big thanks to all four of you guys. It's helping me immensely and it means I can focus more on content production and hanging out with my family, obviously. And that's sort of the goal, I guess, in the next six months, maybe five months I've got. I'm trying to work as hard as possible to get as much streamlined uh, a process sort of in place so that when the next baby arrives, when our baby Joanna, we've already named her, Joanna arrives, and yeah, it's a girl, uh, when she arrives, I'll be able to give Kel more of a hand around the house, obviously, because Noah's a bit of a handful. So, anyway, yeah. Besides that, 
I had a little story for you guys where over the last few months, you've probably seen I've been getting into whiskey. I mean, I feel like I talk about that too much. (laughs) I don't know. You tell me. But um, I've been getting into whiskey and learning about it and trying different whiskeys, learning about the process of making it. And as you may or may not know, when Kel and I got married, we got married at a whiskey distillery slash uh, restaurant. So, there is a place on the Bellarine Peninsula called the Whiskery. And we got married there and, you know, got to meet the people working there, the guy who runs the place called Russ. It was an amazing experience. He was a great guy. But ever since getting into whiskey, I was thinking, you know what, I should go and chat to Russ and either get him on the podcast or the whiskey distiller that works there on the podcast to talk about it. But also, maybe I'll try and volunteer my time and work there once or twice a week, you know, to sort of learn about the process. Anyway, it was going through my head and I often go out on drives and then drive past this place. And I finally, you know, mustered up enough courage yesterday to go in there and chat with the distiller, Craig. And um, yeah, he was 100% on board and was like, yep, you can come in whenever you want and hang out and, you know, volunteer and work here and do whatever and and learn about the process. Um, And we ended up chatting for like an hour and a half about whiskey and gin and all this other stuff. So, yeah, it was an amazing sort of thing. I, I guess the point of the story is that, you know, you just have to sort of summon up the courage to do these things sometimes because I was worried that, you know, the answer was going to be like, no, go away. But um, yeah, awesome. Looks like that's going to happen as of next week where I'll be learning about how to make whiskey. So, anyway, guys, let's get into this episode. I've been yabbering on a bit. Um, Don't forget quickly, before we get into it, if you want the transcripts and the downloads and everything like that, the bonus material, the premium podcast player for the podcast, you can get that when you join the premium podcast membership at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to join the academy where you will get hundreds of different mini courses based on episodes like this expression episode, as well as things like speaking calls. There are other courses in there for shadowing, uh, working on your pronunciation, all sorts of stuff. If you want to check out the Academy, again, that's at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash Academy. And if you want to check out my courses, I know I'm working on the pronunciation course. It's coming. It's coming. But I've got a phrasal verb course a Real English Discussions course to boost your listening comprehension and a spoken English course, you can check them out as well at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash courses. Anyway, let's get into today's expression, which is call it a day or call it a night. To call something a day or to call it, to call something a night. Before we get into it, let's do the joke, okay? I always give you guys a little joke, a dad joke at the start of these episodes. Why does a keyboard work day and night? You're going you're gonna to love this. You're going to love it. Why does a keyboard work day and night? Are you ready? Brace yourself. Because it has two shifts. Do you get it? <laughs> There's two shift buttons, right? On either side. You know, you often hit shift and then one of the letters to make it a capital. Shift, shift. Like alt, like uh, option, like command, like control. There are two shift buttons on your keyboard. So, the joke here is obviously with the word shift, meaning those buttons. But also, if you work two shifts in a row, you would work day and night, right? A day shift and a night shift. Why does a keyboard work day and night? Because it has two shifts. Ba-dum-psh. 
So, today's expression, to call it a day or to call it a night, you can use one of these or the other, right? To call something a day, to call it a day, to call something a night, call it a night. Let's go through and define these words. So, to call something, this is to announce or decide that an event, especially a meeting, election or strike is going to happen, right? To announce something will happen, to decide something's going to happen. But it can obviously be as well to give something a name or to cry out, right? I might call my daughter Joanna or I might call out to my family, right? I yell out to them, I cry out to them. A day. Obviously, you guys know what a day is. This is the 24-hour period um, from, I guess, yeah, 12 a.m. in the morning until 12 a.m. again the next day. Um, But it can also be the period of time. (sighs) It's so hard to do this without using the word. During the day where there's sunlight. So, it's funny how there are sort of two meanings for day. You know, what day is it? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. The entire day, including the night, is Wednesday. But the day time, the day period is where there's sunlight. Interesting word, right? Bit of a um, bit of a weird, weird sort of situation there with that word. Whereas night, night is the period from sunset to sunrise. So... Night time is where there is no, there's no light at all, but it's not at a fixed period of time, right? It doesn't start every single day at 6 p.m. So, the expression to call it a day, and that's the most common one you'll hear, call it a day, is to decide or agree to stop doing something, to stop what you are doing because you want to do, you don't want to do any more, you've had enough. It's often used when you are finishing your work for the day. Let's call it a day. Right. To call it a day, it's kind of like we will call the period of work that we have already done the day's work. Right. We'll call it a day. It's done. It's finished. And the same sort of thing with call it a night. Obviously, you say this when it is the night time and you mean the same thing. You are deciding or agreeing to stop doing something and it's night time. But this can often be used when you're out partying with people, you're hanging out with friends, uh, you are, you know, at some sort of an event and you want to go home, or if you're already at home, you want to go to bed, you'll say, oh, I'm going to call it a night, or let's call it a night. So, the expression origin, the original phrase was call it half a day, and this was first recorded in the year 1838, where it referred to leaving one's place of employment before the workday was over. The first recorded use of the expression, though, call it a day, was in 1919, And for call it a night, that was in 1938. And also, you should check out the expression to call it quits, which is to leave something, to quit something, right? To stop doing something. Call it quits. So, as usual, let's go through a little example section here where I'll teach you or I'll show you three examples of how I would use these expressions. So, example number one, imagine you're a tradie right? A tradesperson. And you're working on site where a new house is being built in, say, my hometown of Ocean Grove. So, you have to get up at the crack of dawn every morning, you know, as the sun's rising there right early in the morning. And you have to head to the work site. You have to catch up with your mates and put together a wooden frame for a house because you work as a chippy, right? That's the slang term for a carpenter, someone who works with wood, right? Often the wooden stuff on the construction site. So, you work your ass off all day long, you put, on, you put in all the hard yakka with your mates so that hopefully at 3 p.m. you can call it a day, 
right? You can finish work by 3 p.m. That's when you want to finish up. That's when you want to call it a day. 3 p.m. rolls around. 3 p.m. arrives. You say, you know what? Down tools. We're finished up. We're going to head home. We're going to call it a day. Example number two. A good example would be when Kel and I get a night off from hanging out with Noah. Tonight, in fact, my folks are coming over to take care of Noah whilst he goes to sleep and Kel and I have a chance to go out to a restaurant with some friends. So, once we're out there eating some food, having some fun, uh, getting some interesting drinks, trying some different desserts, whatever it is, if the night rolls on and all of a sudden we realize, oh, crap, it's 11 p.m., you know, it's really, it's really late, time has flown by and we have to call it a night. So, we know that we have to get home by midnight. Um, We've just realized it's 11 p.m. We need about an hour to get home, so we need to call it a night. It's time for us to stop partying and head home. We have to call it a night. Example number three. Another example would be with Noah this time um, that when we go out for our days at the beach, we go out to the beach to hang out. So, we pack up all of our beach gear into the car, you know, our sunnies, our sunglasses, our sunscreen, our surfboards, bodyboards, wetties, wetsuits, and all the other sort of beach paraphernalia that we need to enjoy ourselves at the beach. We head down and we have a ride of a time. We have a great time all day in the sun. And at the end of the day, we have to tell Noah, you know, it's time to call it quits. It's time to call it a day. You need to pack up. You need to, you know, get your towel. We'll go home. We'll get some food. We'll have some tea. We'll get some fish and chips for tea. We'll call it a day. We'll call it quits. It's time to go home. So, there you go, guys. That is the expression or the expressions, call it a day and call it a night. It's to decide or agree to stop doing something and usually to go home, right? To finish up, to call it a day, to call it a night. So, let's have a listen to those examples again of how people were using these expressions and see if you can now understand the context. Okay, let's go. After a good couple of kilometers of solid uphill driving, we call it a day and stop at this idyllic bush camp. What do you think? Do you want kids? Are you going to adopt a couple cats and call it a day? Are you adopted and was it like the best thing ever? Let me know. Yeah, so thanks very much. I think that's a wrap. We'll call it a night. We'll be back in the morning for some more shooting. Brilliant. Cool, mate. Good work. So, now as usual, let's go through a listen and repeat exercise where this is your chance to work on your English pronunciation. Obviously, if you're going for an Aussie accent, then really pay attention to my pronunciation of these different words and phrases. If you're working on any other kind of pronunciation, British, American, whatever it is, feel free to do that and just use me as saying these words and phrases as a cue to practice your pronunciation. Okay, let's go. To. To call. To call it. To call it a. To call it a day. 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 Before we get into the next section, notice there how I'm reducing words like to, it, a. And the main words in the phrase, the nouns and the verbs, are being emphasized. To call it a day, 
right? So, that happens a lot in English. You may not notice that, but that's what we do quite often and that's why we reduce certain words so that we can emphasize the interesting words in the phrase. To call it a day. To call it a day. Okay, let's keep going. I think I'll call it a night. You think you'll call it a night. He thinks he'll call it a night. She thinks she'll call it a night. We think we'll call it a night. They think they'll call it a night. It thinks it'll call it a night. Good work, guys. So, a little tip there, pronunciation-wise, is listening to how the word will is contracted onto the pronoun. So, you're going to hear I'll, you'll, he'll, she'll, will, they'll, it'll. And to pay attention to how the L or the UL sound is pronounced before the word call, and then how the L at the end of the word call is pronounced before the word it. Sort of complicated what I'm talking about there, but effectively what I'm getting at, what I'm trying to point out, is that the contracted will onto these pronouns is a dark L in this exercise because it's followed by a consonant sound. So, you'll hear U instead of UL. So, this is where I'm doing the sound with my lips instead of my tongue. I think I'll call it a day. I think I'll call it a day. So, it's some very advanced stuff. We'll be going over that in the pronunciation course when it comes out. If you already have the course, you'll be able to find the dark L lesson in there. But that is a key to sounding like a native speaker of whatever dialect of English it is. You know, use the dark L when it's followed by a consonant or no sound at all. And if it's followed by a vowel, use the light L. Anyway, guys, before we finish up, let's go through a little Aussie fact. And so, I was thinking, okay, day and night, call it a day, call it a night. What can I talk about in today's episode um, that's related to Australia and related to the evening or the day? And I thought nocturnal Aussie animals would be really cool. So, I thought about antichinus. And I wonder if you guys know about antichinus and what they are. They are marsupials in Australia, and they are sort of our equivalents of rats, although we have native rats as well. We've had marsupials in Australia on the Australian continent for many millions of years earlier than rats got here. And when they evolved and they diversified to end up in all the different niches and areas of the continent in the different environments and habitats, antichinus became the smallest version of the marsupial. So, Antichinus is a genus of small Dasyurid marsupial that is endemic to Australia. Dasyuridae is the family of marsupials including quolls and Tasmanian devils and Antichinus. Marsupials are pouched mammals endemic to places like Australia, New Guinea and South America. And endemic means native to that place, naturally found in that place. So, the genus Antichinus includes at least 15 species in Australia. They resemble mice with the bristly fur of shrews. They have short fur and are generally grey or brownish in colour with variation between species. 
They range in size from between 16 and 117 grams, and males and females are different in size, with males typically being bigger and heavier. Commonly, they nest in tree hollows, and their primary habitat includes forests, woodlands, rainforests, as well as grass and heathlands. They're voracious little insectivores, which means they feed primarily on insects and other invertebrates like millipedes, centipedes, and spiders. However, it has been reported that some antichinus occasionally eat small vertebrates like skinks, which are small lizards in Australia, and even feather-tail gliders, another small marsupial. They're very famous for their strange behaviour during the reproduction season. Male antichinus only ever grow to be a year old, if that, and this is because when the breeding season arrives, males completely stop eating in order to focus on mating with females and fighting off other males. As a result, after about 12 or so days of constant mating, fighting, and the absence of food, all males in the population end up dying, and the antichinus population halves in number briefly. Within about 25 to 35 days, however, all the pregnant females give birth to a litter of offspring that grow in her pouch for another 90 to 100 days until they are fully independent. Another really cool attribute that antichinus have is torpor. This is the periodic lowering of body temperature and metabolic rate to reduce energy consumption. So, there are two kinds. The long type, known as hibernation, that you might see bears in the northern hemisphere undergoing for months and months and months at a time, and then the short-term daily torpor that antichinus undergo. Going into torpor allows them to greatly reduce metabolic rates, sometimes up to 80%, which thus reduces the food and water requirements of the animal. It usually lasts for between one to nine hours, but in some extreme examples can last up to 20 hours. The female's body temperature can drop to 20 degrees Celsius and the male's to 30 degrees Celsius. It occurs in species of antichinus when food and water are restricted, such as periods of drought or even after bushfires. Increasing body temperature after torpor is energetically costly and reduces some of the metabolic savings. However, animals have been observed basking to help increase their body temperature without increasing their food intake. So, I hope you think antichinus are as badass as I do. I think they're awesome little creatures, little critters. And I hope that you come across them when you come to Australia and get to visit some of the zoos and even the bushland in Australia. And remember, if it looks like a rat, don't freak out. It might be a cute and cuddly little antichinus. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm your host, Pete. This is Aussie English, and I'll see you next time. Hatcha! G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon.
The clips used in this episode are from the YouTube channels Epic Drives Western Australia, Anna Akana, and Team Wild TV. If you want to check them out, they'll be in the show notes and the transcript.